This is StoryQuest. Today's story is... The Crab-Shaped Brooch. Fidelma has a special box of treasure where she keeps all her precious things. If you were to pay a visit to this kind old lady and remember to say please and thank you, she may let you glimpse at the treasure. Oh, and what a treasure it is. Trinkets and gigaws, ribbons and crystals, letters wrapped in velvet ribbons and tiny glass bottles, all so very tempting to touch. Some of the objects are strange and uncommon, but if you ask Fidelma, she will tell you the story of each precious thing. One of Fidelma's treasures is a small brooch, no bigger than your thumbnail. It's made of a special stone called jade, which, as you may know, is a pretty shade of green. Jade comes from China and is thought to have special powers to bring good fortune to those who carry or wear it, and so you can imagine it would be a very pleasant thing to own. Like everything and everyone, the brooch has a story about how it came to be, and if you listen carefully and promise not to interrupt, I shall tell it to you now. Over 100 years ago, in the village of Lim-by-the-Sea, a girl lived with her mother and father. Her name was Betty Driscoll. Her father was a fisherman, and her mother would stitch the nets so deft and quick the women were and how they chattered and laughed amongst themselves as they worked. The little girl had a cosy bed, and the hearth was always bright and warm, and there was usually plenty to eat, with fish the dish of the day, of course. They dined on herring, sprats, eels, oysters, mussels, cockles, crabs, and whelks. Some were fried till the skins were richly crisp. The mussels bubbled in brine, and the cockles and oysters slipped from their shells just as they were. In those days, and in those parts, children seldom went to school and so would entertain themselves or work alongside the women. But there was plenty of time to play. The children had heard many stories of pirates and would run in the dunes with wooden swords, ferocious shouts and gasps of fear and glee. Betty did not always like to play pirates. Because she was so small, the others always wanted her to be the prisoner or to walk the plank. She proclaimed it just wasn't fair. She should like to be a lady pirate with a sash of red. Her mother had told her of Anne Bonny, a real-life pirate from a faraway land who was a match for any man, better than most, they say, so greatly feared was she. One balmy autumn day, the game was interrupted because of a terrific commotion on the beach upland. Men were running and hullalooing to those still in their boats. It must mean one thing, a shipwreck. A wreck of a boat had indeed grounded in the cove. How old it was, nobody knew. The wood was darkened and rotting and with terrific damage to the hull. Betty's friend Charlie declared that the holes were from cannonballs and they imagined battles at sea who knows many years past. Shipwrecks are exciting to fishing folk because of what can lie inside, but they can also be dangerous for the same reason. The children were ordered to stay back whilst Darius O'Keefe, Charlie's father, and a giant of a man he was, took his axe and cut away at the rotten hull. Other men joined him, and as news travelled, the women folk began to gather too, around the crags and the rocks of the cove. Shouts came forth from the hull, and creaking and straining, a large box was carried out. There was nothing else of consequence inside the hull, they declared. The lock on the box was sliced in a blow, and who would have thought it? 
glittering diamonds appeared in a towering pile. Agnes Lacey actually screamed out loud, and the man exclaimed and then cheered. No one had ever seen such a sight, a sight they would carry to their deathbeds and tell their children and grandchildren about. So busy were the men crowding around the box that they didn't notice the children scamper forth to climb over the wreckage. Charlie found a tin cup, and others scavenged themselves rope and wood. Betty slipped in too, the uneven deck half submerged in the salty sea. No one else, nothing else remained. Just a few rocks scattered on the deck now, slaty green and no more than rubble really. A glint of green on a rock caught her eye, and she decided to collect a few, and then a few more. Gathered in her apron, she stepped from the wreckage, past the grown-ups, and made her way home. The villagers' happiness was short-lived. After excited plans to divide up the treasure and make a fortune, the diamonds were found to be nothing more than cut glass, pretty enough in its way, and with some value to the jewellers in the city, but not so much. Disappointment settled like snow on Limb-by-the-Sea for a very long time. Betty's rocks stayed in a hessian bag for a while. Then one evening, Father decided to occupy himself with a little polishing and carving, and as he did, the little rock became bright and shiny. Crab was the dish of the day, so Betty's father determined that would be the shape of his work, and over the wintry nights, with strokes of the knife and grainy polish on a rag, the little green crab came to life. Father mounted it on a pin for mother to wear. Father was shrewd, and knew that the green rocks must be something quite special, although exactly what, he wasn't sure. It would take 50 years for the truth to be revealed, like the sheen on the cool green stone. They were jade, but not just any jade, emerald, imperial jade, the most precious of all. The family sold most of the stones, but not the green crab, and became rich. However, they never left the coast. After all, fishermen need the sea as much as the fish in their nets. When Betty became a very grand grown-up lady, she had a daughter of her own who she called Anne Bonny, because she never quite forgot about pirates. Anne, in time, became a grown-up lady too, and also had a daughter called Fidelma. Little Fidelma would sit on Granny Betty's knee and hear many stories, and one of those tales was how the little green crab brooch came to be. The little green crab brooch glittered on Granny's shawl, and Fidelma would pat it with her small hands. Granny's eyes would twinkle, and she said that when she was a little bit older, the brooch would be hers, and so it was. The little green crab brooch now sits contentedly in the treasure box amongst the trinkets and strangely shaped objects, ribbons and gigaws, and if you ask Fidelma, perhaps she'll show you herself, if you remember your please and thank yous, of course. And that is the story of the crab-shaped brooch. Got an idea for a story? Tell us the title at funkidslive.com forward slash storyquest and we could bring your story to life. For a new story each week, make sure you hit subscribe or follow so you don't miss a single episode.